I think that's what it comes down to, fear of being judged. I find when you do speak out and you see the support you get, it becomes a lot easier and you, you start to tackle their mental issues a lot easier than what you thought you would all. Don't suffer in silence. You're listening to the Just Ask podcast with James Ledger. Just Ask. Gofynnwch. Just Ask. Hello everyone, Chryso Iclegeeds. Welcome to our very first podcast from the National Youth Board and Displays Sport Wales. I'm your host, James Ledger. I'm a T12 100-200 metre sprinter and I'm extremely lucky to be here talking to you all and talking to some very special guests. We have two fantastic guests on the show today. One, Mr. Thomas Matthews. Tom, welcome. How are you doing? Thank you, James. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you, mate. Great. Firstly, uh, I want to start off by saying I think you have a small little announcement to make. I've uh, seen over Twitter the last couple of days. Um, is there something you want to tell us, Tom? Ah, I might have just qualified for the Paralympic Games in Tokyo. No big deal, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a not shock, but I, I don't really know how to speak about it. Mate. I still smile every time I uh, hear them words that I've qualified, to be honest. That is absolutely incredible. Like I, I've known you for a long time on a on a personal level as well, and I know there's kind of the journey you've been on. It's been a been a bit of a mad roller coaster, hasn't it? And so, you know, oh, to yeah, see just you a bit, just a bit rocky as well. Like yeah. on the by one place, so it's yeah. uh, that fight and determination got me there in the end. To be honest, that's it, man. It's just fantastic to see you uh, reach the top of that mountain. You know, it's just uh, I'm I'm absolutely chuffed for you and. I know everyone at Display Sport Wales is extremely proud of you. Everyone in the old uh, Aberdeer and, and across Wales is uh, <laughs> extremely <old> proud. <laughs> That's cheers, it. Mate. I appreciate that. It's, um, well, without Disability Sports Wales, I wouldn't have made it. Um, without you guys and obviously Jim, I wouldn't have been in the position to kind of get to the level I am. So i got to say a massive thank you to everyone that's been involved in my career so far and ongoing. To be honest, absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned him there, mate, Jim Monkley. Do you want to just say a few words about what a truly, I guess, legend inspiration he was? Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent a legend. Um, Jim taught me kind of everything I know. Um, he got me into table tennis, so I'll just give you a little bit of a brief background. When I was in Rookwood Hospital after my spinal injury, after having a mountain bike accident, after going the handle was, um, Jim was coming around the wards and just trying to get people involved with sport basically and I told him mm. to get lost a few times 16 <laughs> years of age <laughs> thinking I'm getting back on my mountain yeah. bike but in the end I got up just to shut them up to be honest yeah. and uh, fell in love with the sport of table tennis and yeah without him I definitely wouldn't have picked up a bat and definitely wouldn't have known anything about disabled sports so it's a big big credit to him and thank you to him and his wife and yeah I love that guy incredible mate no it's just, it's it's so amazing to hear. I know Jim um, was so impactful on, on many people's careers, and even regardless of what sport, he was he was always a person that you could turn to to talk to. And I spoke to him personally on a few occasions um, about my career in, in athletics, and he was always there to to listen and then share knowledge and advice, which is was which which was incredible. Yeah, yes. I think that was the best thing about Jim. He he weren't like. 100% just table tennis he kind of knew all the backgrounds and I think that's why he done such an incredible job for 
Disability Sports Wales. You, you weren't so pushy or you got to do tables tennis. You just wanted to make people's dreams come true of going to a Paralympic Games. And he's made my dream come true now by getting me involved. And yeah, like I said, I can't thank our man enough and rest in peace to him. But uh, yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible, mate. Um, so yeah, Tom kind of touched on his little bit of his story there. Um, today on this podcast, we're going to be covering a little bit about Tom's journey, where he came from, where he is now. And we're also going to be looking at, you know, the challenging situation we're all face now uh, in lockdown um, as we're, we're kind of slowly coming out of it. We've, we've all experienced a, a number of challenges personally. So we're going to talk to Tom today about kind of the stuff he's faced in lockdown and what he's done to kind of overcome his challenges on a kind of mental health and, and physical well-being point of view. So, Tom, you, you kind of touched on it there about your back backstory. How did those first couple of table tennis sessions go? What what have you what has sport given you, I guess, over the last couple of years from from that Rookwood bed to, to where you are now? Talk us a little bit about the journey. Yeah, so it was a bit mad. We go back to the Rockwood start where obviously Jim would come out of bed. It was more like just get on the table and like tap the ball back and forth. I didn't kind of know any of the spins or anything. And it was just basically get up and just do something, um, which kind of did in the hospital. And then I went, started going down to the National Centre of Sport Wales and uh, started training with Jim uh, down there. Uh, for, I think I'd done it for about six months after hospital. And then I kind of just give it all up. Uh, my head wasn't focused on it. I had a, obviously a life-changing accident, break my neck. Um, and I kind of just went off the radar and went out drinking with the boys and just kind of trying to get back to normality, to be honest. Yeah. I had a car um, just driving around the grid yet till hours and hours in the morning. And yeah, I'd kind of done that for about two years and it took me a while um, just to get back to normality and just being comfortable with my disability I guess um, and obviously you have your ups and down days but they, they, the down days get less and Jim was a massive role in that anyway he taught me things how to become independent and things again so it, like he was a massive friend off the table I, I call him my second dad to be honest because mm. that's what he was like um, it was something my own father couldn't teach me about being in a wheelchair obviously because he was in a chair and Jim could teach me things that no one ever knew like doctors or nurses everything like that so yeah Jim was a massive impact I know I've said his name a few times but uh can't stop mentioning that guy <laughs> yeah um but no it was yeah that's basically how we started just go up in Rockwood and just give it a go obviously went away for two years and then I just give Jim a ring again and just said oh Jim look I'm, I'm feeling a bit more focused I watched the Paralympics in 2012 and thought oh, I can give this a go yeah and um yeah, the journey started from there, basically. I I got classified in 2013 in Hungary. Um, talk li- talk I, us a little bit about that, Tom, about your classification. So what class are you? And um, I'm, a, I'm a class one, and yeah, it's the lowest spectrum of the wheelchairs. So in table tennis, there's five classes um, for wheelchairs, sorry, and it's six to ten for standards. And so there's ten classes altogether. Um Obviously, one being the worst, which I am, um, in payment-wise. And then uh, five is the uh, best wheelchair, so they got more trunk and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and then six, obviously, it's the same for that. So 
um, all four limbs affected would be a class six, and then obviously it gets less up the spectrum. Yeah. And we have got a class eleven class as well, so there is actually eleven classes altogether. But that's learning difficulties. Okay, cool, fantastic. So you got classified as hungry, did you say? Yeah, it was hungry. So that was your first international going up there as well, then. First international, yeah. It was, wow. it was a bit strange, right? To be honest, um, obviously. Yeah. And travelled much after injury, so it was a big eye, you know, by big big eye opener to the world of para sport, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure you agree, mate. Like, because I feel the same. One of the, obviously, we love what we do, um, but one of the best things about what we do is is, is travelling. Um, yeah. I've I've been to some some incredible places and maybe some not so um yeah yeah <laughs> would you talk a bit about that what's what's your what's your kind of favorite place you've been experienced and and uh maybe some favorite of the places the funny yeah. stories <laughs> um favorite places gotta be oh, probably america i like i loved san diego when we done the competition in san diego that'll always stick with me because that was probably one of my first tournaments where i kind of done really well i got to the final in the um singles and i think we got a bronze in team event and i weren't even like a massive developed player then obviously it was my yeah. first year um being 2013 in december so it was like six seven months after I classified i think and i just showed i can compete with people so that was a massive turning point for me so it, that one always sticks with me um but yeah. i've been to like las vegas that was amazing i won that <laughs> tournament as well you know, I was going to say, a well, tournament or a, or a holiday. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. What stays in Vegas, got to stay in Vegas. Like, um, <laughs> but no, that was, that was cracking. Um, there's been a few others, like the, the other side of the spectrum was like, I think, where was we? I think it was Spain, where we stayed in a hostel and it was bunk beds. And yeah, it was, when I, I was, was fun. to turn over and like those yeah. bang men and stuff. It was quite funny. Like, you got all stories like that. But yeah. I do love going to Slovenia as well. Um, yeah. We go there quite often. And I really like that country. It reminds me of obviously Wales a little bit. It's hilly mm -hmm. and mountains around, so it's it's quite homely now that we've been there quite a few times. To be honest, it's awesome. I find it all adds to the experience as well, especially with you. You know, when you're with your teammates and it, you have some funny times. And you know, I think sometimes when the when the place you're staying is maybe not as nice. It, it makes you appreciate it more and makes you oh, yeah, I, I personally feel perform better yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely definitely yeah. to be fair any any trips we go on I feel builds character some of the some yeah. of the characters we got in the display sport world is uh, <laughs> it is, it's brilliant that's the nice thing about disabled sports or like every person's story is different as well and it's just so yeah. nice to kind of view them stories from other people absolutely no like because I remember uh, so when I grew up as a, as a child, I didn't, I didn't meet anyone with a disability till I was probably mid-teens. And I remember I, I, I met my first um, other person with a visual impairment, James Ball. And it was, it was a, a very surreal, very strange experience to, to speak to somebody who goes through the same struggles as you, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So like to chat about things like that was, was bizarre. And you, you I'm sure you, you'll see the same, like, like, you learn so much from other people. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, that's the, like the Jim Monkley situation. Um, I learned kind of everything from him. And obviously, 
other people you meet and then you hear their stories and how they do things it's like oh i can kind of take something from that and i think it's just taking a little bit through life that kind of help you kind of get on with and get through it i guess that's awesome so tokyo you've booked that seat mate you know to- how did you find out I'm, I'm curious to know i see you talk you hear all these stories <laughs> about the phone calls and stuff. my face right now <laughs> i'm telling you now um so basically we got a call from our performance director and head head coach um goraz and greg baker and they just called us and told us that we'd qualified for the ittf uh ranking list um obviously we still gotta get selected by paralympics gb um, yeah but they've never had a case where they've been rejected so it's basically yeah we're going to tokyo which is uh yeah, yeah it just makes me smile man <laughs> that's amazing i, I talk a little bit because i know is is very different in table tennis to athletics um it's not obviously in athletics you you run certain times and certain uh standards etc how because it's it's a point system am i right in table tennis to qualify yeah, it's, a, it's a point system so there's there's a lot to it um so basically like you get max wins and max losses obviously if you're beating people higher in the ranking list you're gonna get a max win um but you gotta be quite low in the ranking list and i think the max win is like 25 points or 30 points but mm. it, it varies from tournaments so you get factor 20s factor 40s and then you get your factor 80s which is european and worlds and then i think the paralympics is factor 100 or something like that um but yeah the, the point system is um it's very tight um should we say at the top on this i just squeezed in in the last place i think um for tokyo so yeah it, it's still a bit it's, surreal to be yeah, honest it's, it's quite yeah. hard to um explain the point system um but what we got to you got to get into a certain rank in the world to kind of qualify yeah um and we we're given that i think the qualification period starts a year prior so all in competitions then you do obviously accounting towards the big goal of the paralympic games and yeah it was a it was tough it was a tough year um a tough four years to be honest trained hard and we've yeah. made it so that's all i can it's say awesome. and i'm well happy to say that amazing i'm, I'm yeah i'm beaming for you um <laughs> so i guess you know with next year ahead what does the next year look like for you in terms of how are you going to prepare at the moment i'm just preparing obviously in the house it's like i've had a table delivered by sport wheels thank you to them and i had a robot delivered by my sponsor t-sport and they like i've just been playing against that doing zoom calls and my coaches doing shadow play sessions with shadow players like just shadow boxing you're just shadowing the shots yeah and then um, SNC sessions over Zoom. So trying to keep fit and trying to keep um, busy as possible, really. Um, and yeah. that, that's obviously just during this period of lockdown and stuff at the moment. Yeah. Hopefully we come out to that like we start into. Um, and yeah. we can get back in the training hall and start working on things a bit differently. But uh, till then, I've made myself best prepared as much as possible, to be honest. Fantastic. Uh, that just fits in nicely. So I was going to move on to lockdown and, you know, maybe off the table. How how have you found it all? You know, is it's is a huge challenge for us all, I think, you know, and think we all experience or have experienced lockdown in a very different way, but potentially we've all f- faced the same challenges. So, like, how have you found it? 
To be honest, mate, I haven't found it too bad. Uh, I've said this before. Because when I had a spinal injury, I think I was six to seven months in Rookwood Hospital. And you're kind of confined to that unit. You can't really go home because your house is getting adapted and things. Um, yeah. It feels like I've kind of done it before. Knowing this was 10 years ago, I had my accent. It feels like I've kind of been in this situation before, um, which probably sounds wow. a bit strange. Um, but it, obviously when you can't leave the hospital and you're kind of stuck there, you still have your family and stuff. I think that's where I'm kind of missed the most is human interaction about things. Yeah. But apart from that, it's I kind of know how to deal with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's mad though. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, it's, but what's keeping me going is routine. Like, I don't lie in bed till 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon because I, I just feel like if you're out of routine, mm. like, You've got nothing to get up for and then it becomes difficult because you don't want to do your workouts because you're too tired because you've been up all night it's just i think the routine is the most important part for me of this whole period yeah yeah no i i completely agree i think having that like especially athletes i think we're creatures of habit and we we and we like yeah for sure we, lo- we, we like that routine, routine i think <laughs> yeah i think when our routine changes i think we just all go a bit but really don't know what to do with ourselves, I guess. No, definitely. Um, so I think, you know, one of the things that I always say to people as well, if if I was offering any advice is, is follow a structure, follow a routine, you know, because we are going to get out of this eventually. So the more we can stick to that, I think the better position we are coming yeah. out of it. Definitely. I think we can le- learn a lot from this period as well. Um, obviously, appreciation of things more. Um appreciate your friends and family obviously it's been a difficult time and uh, mentally it's going to be a challenge and you you realize then people that there if you um like i got my friends i got my family and you know which ones to, to stick by and that's yeah. quite a nice thing i think a, pe- a lot of people are going to learn a lot from this experience to be honest yeah have you used kind of them friendship and family groups to really help with your kind of mental health and and, and chatting and communicating yeah definitely obviously we're in the unknown, um, there's nothing we can kind of do about this pandemic. Uh, we, we're just a waiting game, really. Um, and I think that's, I think it's nice to talk to family and friends about it because it just gets little things off your mind um, yeah. where them little things can build into a bigger picture. Um, the way I've looked at it in the past is it's like a fizzing bottle of Coke. If it's at the top, it's going to pop in the end. You don't want it to pop. You need to kind of release little things off that mind like that. And, and just let it um let it flow a little bit more yeah i like that a lot things up and letting it pop you know i like that i like i'm gonna steal that one mate i like that <laughs> <laughs> stealing my words yeah like. yeah are you um are you on the old uh quiz night hype or you've been doing quizzes yeah we've been doing a few quizzes with the boys which have been a good laugh yeah i've been enjoying myself a little bit with the quizzes and having a bit of a laugh with the boys over Zoom. It's, it's just nice to see people, you know, and uh, yeah. having that uh, connection. Yeah. So that's been really good, to be honest. I definitely feel my general knowledge has uh, improved dramatically over the last 14 weeks, that's for sure. <laughs> see, you've learned something from the yeah, lockdown, haven't yeah. <laughs> Well, literally, like, our quizzes, my mates, we we did one the first week of lockdown and we we're on our 14th week now, so we've done one every week. But they Jeez. started off with, like, you know, the, the old just pen and paper, ask a few questions. But now, like week fourteen is uh, is PowerPoints uh, transitions from PowerPoints, music videos. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, hard now, oh, we gone, we gone from it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, 
we're well into it, which is uh, we're slowly running out of ideas now, though. But um, it's as you said, you're have it's to do theme nights next. Right? You're oh, I know. Santa Claus, I know. And, like August. <laughs> oh, it's hope it's hope we're not in there that long. Do we have to dress up as Santa? Yeah. Hopefully not, mate. Also. Yeah, no, awesome. Have you have you used other resources to kind of help you in terms of like are you are you one for for apps or like headspace apps or anything like that or have you used yeah, any have, of sport wales services like a psychologist or anything i have used headspace a little bit um i kind of use that before going to bed just to relax the mind a little bit because um yeah there's a lot of things that go on around you and i th- i feel like putting your phone down at the end of the night and just not looking at it kind of helps um just switching off from the world and just doing some breathing techniques and meditate basically can kind of help you uh, just get that yeah. good night's sleep. Um, I have used other resources like Sport Wales and the EIS um, support staff just to have a chat to them about. Obviously, I got my friends and family, I chat to them about exactly the same things. Um, but the, mm-hmm. the sporting staff kind of see you in a different light and kind of can yeah. explain how you're feeling in different ways, which is it's kind of nice to um, get connected with your feelings and kind of know how to control. Um, what you're in control of and not what you're in control of and obviously we're not in control of what this virus can do and when it's going to stop but we're in control of what we can do now like yeah um say personal fitness or controlling your mental health um doing some meditation doing some yoga doing something different you've got that time now to kind of study something different do something different so use that time wisely and yeah get, get involved with a new professional do something you've always wanted to do that you can't do obviously yeah Sticking to government guidelines, mind. I've got to get that in it. Yeah, Boris wouldn't it. be happy otherwise, would he? <laughs> or <Audrey> could. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly. And I think all those are such a contributing factor to our uh, mental health and physical well-being. It, it's so important. But one of the things I think is important as well is is that communication, as you said, and you know, it's it's not being afraid to to just ask the question. Um, yeah. We're at the, the National Youth Board that could be going to be running a, a campaign over the next couple of months um, and around uh, a Just Ask campaign. And it's, and it's, it's simply just that, is feeling okay with, you know, communicating and being open and honest. Yeah. And I think even now is, is even more so important that we we just, you know, ask if somebody's okay or ask the yeah, question. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's amazing what... What a little conversation can do. It's crazy what little things can do to save people's lives. That one little question could, yeah. and this could be potentially on that person's mind for months and months on end, could Absolutely. potentially save their life. It's, it's literally that crucial. And yeah. that's where the bottle of pop comes in. That's, they've kept it in so long, they're about to pop, where yeah. we need to speak out, ask questions, yeah speak to each yeah. other, support your family and friends and get that bottle of pop flowing so it doesn't pop. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's giving that people the confidence, I guess, isn't it? You know, to... Yeah, for sure. Sometimes it's, it's there's, there's no bad out. question. No, it's, know? Never, it's never easy to speak out. And I think that's what it comes down to, fear of being judged and stuff. But there's a lot yeah. of people out there. Um, I'm sure your friends and family ain't going to judge you. They're just going to be more supportive. And I find when you do speak out and you see the support you get it becomes a lot easier and you you start to tackle their mental issues a lot easier than what you thought you would have 
if you Absolutely. if you just kept her inside. Amazing, yeah, exactly, exactly. So basically, that. don't suffer in silence. That's that's yeah. the one thing I want to get. I think that's a key silence. message that we can all take away from you know not just this podcast but many things. Is yeah, don't suffer in silence and be okay to talk and and if it's on the the other side, don't don't be afraid to ask the question if if somebody yeah. is okay, you know. Let's plug the thing from the youth board. Just ask. It, exactly. We, uh, exactly. We, uh, if we need a chat. And my yeah. DMs are always open to anyone if we need a chat and ask any questions about disabilities or whatever. If we just want to have a chat, exactly. my DMs are open. Just uh, slam me a DM and we'll uh, have a chat. Awesome. That's it, mate. So, lockdown. So, just what would you say for the people listening? What would you what would be your best tips and advice for people in lockdown to maybe help with their mental health and physical well-being? What would be your top tips? Um, I'm going to have to go with routine. That's the biggest one yeah. for me. Um, and like you said earlier, structure. So you have something that you're going to do. Maybe write it down in a diary. What are you going to do? When and where? Um, like I go out for a push most evenings if it's dry because I can't be bothered getting wet and so on. <laughs> my wheelchair, to be honest. Um <laughs> But then if I don't do that, I'll do kind of like a hit workout. So I, I'm always replacing it with something if I can't do it that day because of the weather. Um, it, it's not about making excuses. It's about, it's about keeping active and trying to do something because boredom does take over and it is hard. And I do find sometimes you will lack motivation of doing these things because you're like, oh, what's the point? I'm in the house. I'm not doing anything. But that's that's the point. You become, you become lazy and you become just doing that you'll just sit on the sofa and think oh I'll, I'll do it later i'll do it later when if you've got a structure to your day you're like right i'm doing it now it's time to turn the tv off get up do this workout or do whatever you're gonna do i feel like that helps a lot i i, I definitely say structure and routine is the biggest two factors to take away from lockdown and realize they they are the biggest aspects i hope and pray that this is not going to be much longer and we can get back to Kind of some some normality, I guess. I guess yeah, you know. Yeah, hopefully, mate. Get back to yeah. do what we're doing more. Love doing more. Just get back. Exactly. Our get back on our athletics uh, course and just, yeah, smash it all out. And yeah, probably. Well, hopefully, we, we can have more coffees in the Sport Wales cafe. Uh, oh, can't can't wait for yeah. that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Who's buying your first, then, James? Me or you? Oh well, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's money's tight. You know, you might have to be you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right i qualified for tokyo so i'll uh, bite yeah <laughs> <laughs> amazing no like i i really appreciate your time mate and you know as i said earlier like everyone at disability sport wales and and i'm sure everyone in wales and everyone listening is so proud of what you've achieved and what you will go on to achieve um in the well not just next year but years to come um you really are you know a true inspiration to not just the table tennis world but i think everyone so keep doing what you're doing mate and this is a is a is a real privilege and honor to, to know you personally and uh, as, a, as a sports person as well so no thank you for your time uh best of luck for the next couple of months and hopefully yeah we can catch up for a few more coffees soon yeah definitely mate cheers thanks for having me on and uh yeah just a big thank you to everyone at uh, disability sports wheels as well and everyone has been involved again i just, just want to pull out there and just uh want to wish you the Best of luck with this podcast and everything you're doing with the youth board. Thanks for having me and uh, yeah, catch you soon, mate. Awesome. Thank you very much, Sam. You're listening to the Just Ask podcast with James Ledger.
Just ask. Gofynnwch. Just ask. Now I'm going to pass you over to Lucy Gleeson, who's going to talk a little bit more about mental health and well-being. Take it away, Lucy. Hello, my name's Lucy Gleeson and I'm from Sentience Wellbeing and I help people look after their mental and emotional health and keep ourselves really well. Now, we are in a time of change at the moment when there's lots and lots of uncertainty and so it's very natural for us to feel anxious or stressed. So today I'm just going to talk a little bit about what anxiety is why most of us are probably feeling a bit anxious at the moment and the things that we can do to help us stay well. So first, let's look at anxiety. So it's a completely natural phenomenon for all of us to feel anxious. In fact, it's really important that we do at times. So anxiety comes from our our emotion centre, which is right in the centre of our brain and all mammals have this part of our brain. What it does is it scans our environment and when we think we may not be safe, we're triggered and we feel anxious. So, for example, if we stepped out into the road and we heard a car horn, for example, we would jump back onto the curb quickly. Our bodies would sense that there was a danger. We'd hear the horn and we'd jump back onto the curb. Now, a different part of our brain, which is the thinking part of our brain, we wouldn't really want that when we step out onto the road and we hear a car horn. Because that would think, I'm on the road, there may be a danger, I hear a car horn, I should step back onto the curb. And by that time, it's too late. So that centre of our brain that tells us we're in danger is really helpful. But... When we're in uncertain times, like we are at the moment with the pandemic, that part of our emotion centre could be firing more than normal, so we may be feeling more anxious. And when we think things are going to change again, we don't really know what's happening, and as human beings, we like certainty. We like a routine. So we may be a bit more anxious than normal. So the first step into looking after ourselves in these times is really for us to notice what's going on for ourselves. And when we're anxious, four different things can happen. It can affect four different areas. So the first one is our feeling. Step back and think, how am I feeling at the moment? Am I feeling low? Am I getting angry a lot? Am I irritable? Am I really short-fused with people? And that's really normal with anxiety. So what's going on for you? The second thing is in our thoughts. What are we thinking at the moment? Are we overthinking things? Are we reacting more than normal? Are we feeling quite pessimistic? Um, Have we gone into overdrive? Do we feel overwhelmed? Then the third thing is how are we physically? What's going on in our body? If we're feeling anxious and tense, quite often we hold a lot of tension in our necks and our shoulders. And sometimes at night, particularly in our jaw, we can grind our teeth and we can get things like headaches and we can get other aches and pains. So how are you feeling? Does your body feel tense? And the fourth thing is in our behaviour. So what are other people seeing in our behaviour? Or if we step back and think, oh, I'm watching myself, what would you see? So things may change, like our sleep patterns may change. We may be sleeping more and when we wake in the morning we're still not feeling refreshed. Or we may have trouble falling asleep or we're waking early. Our diets may change. 
we may feel that our appetite is bigger and we're overeating or we're not as hungry so we're, we're eating less. And quite often when we're anxious we tend to isolate more. We don't go out and see our friends as much. We don't connect as we were and we try and we retreat more and spend more time on our own. So the first step is to raise awareness. How are you at the moment? How are you feeling? What are your thoughts? How are you physically? And what kind of behaviour is coming out that could suggest that you are stressed or feeling anxious? So first of all, if you recognise that, we may need others to help us recognise it. What can we do about it? Now, the first thing we can do is connect with others. Speak to someone that you really trust. If you've got something that's staying on your mind, that's maybe stopping you from sleeping, or you're really worried about something, talk to someone you trust. Now, this could be a member of your family, it could be a friend, it could be a colleague, it could be a teacher, really anybody that you could trust. And quite often when we speak to someone, we feel a lot better. Now, if we don't feel we have anyone in our network we can speak to, then there are mental health charities and organisations that are always there on the end of the phone that you can speak to. And Mind Wales is a good website to look at to get some, to reach out for the help that you need. So the first thing is connect. And this can be challenging because sometimes it feels counterintuitive. When we're stressed, often we, need, we want to isolate. So stepping out can be a challenge, but really doing it can really help. So I'd urge you to do that. Then the second thing is looking after ourselves. What is it that really helps you when you're feeling stressed or anxious? So for some people, it's exercising. It's going for a walk or a run and getting on your bike. For others, it is seeing friends. And that's been challenging during lockdown. But a lot of people have been doing quizzes and house parties and other ways to connect. Music can really help some people. People really like to be absorbed in music or it can really lift our mood. Art can help people and other people have been baking and knitting and doing all sorts of things in lockdown. Some really good hobbies or for you it could be meditation or mindfulness or taking a nice bath. There's lots of things that we know make ourselves feel better. And ironically they're the first things that quite often slip when we're feeling anxious. So recognise what makes me feel good, what do I enjoy doing and making sure those self-care mechanisms are in there. Because when our thought processes are often giving us a hard time, we don't look after ourselves quite as much. So think about what can you do. The final thing I want to talk about is sleep. Sleep is incredibly important for us, but it is especially important for our mental well-being. Now, there are some things in our modern day world that is really causing problems with our sleep and we're not quite getting the sleep that we should be getting. Now, an average adult should be getting about seven to eight hours sleep a night. And if we're a teenager, that should be eight to ten hours. And if we're not getting that consistently, it can really cause problems with our mental health. Now, one of the things that really changes in our teenage years is our circadian rhythm. So, for example, as a nine-year-old, probably a nine o'clock bedtime is quite a natural bedtime. But as we come into our teenage years, so especially when we get to kind of 16, 17-year-olds, our rhythm changes. And so we may not be able to get sleepy until about 10 o'clock, maybe up to midnight. Those kind of hours is when our natural circadian rhythms kick in and we start to feel sleepy. 
there are many things in our modern day world that actually interferes with our sleep. And I'm just going to talk about two of them. The first one is blue light that is emitted from the screens that we look at. So in computer games, our iPads, our phones, those types of things. And quite often we're on those late at night. But what that blue light does is it tells our brain that it's still daylight. So we don't get the natural sleep tension we need to fall asleep. So if we're not in a good place and we really need that sleep to recover, just coming off our screens a couple of hours before bedtime can really help. That's one thing. The second thing I want to address is caffeine. Caffeine is in much of our diets and the drinks that we have. Now, caffeine can take a really long time to get out of our system and really affects how we sleep. So, for example, some strong coffee in the morning or a caffeine drink in the morning can stay in our systems for sometimes 24 to 36 hours. So it can really affect our sleep. Now, if you are one for computer games and screens and enjoy your caffeine, I'm not saying you need to wipe these out completely. But if you're not feeling in a great place, then really just stop them just temporarily until you're feeling better. Maybe just once or twice in a week, you can just turn your phone off earlier, maybe cut out the caffeine or cut it down. Anything that will help, because once you get a good night's sleep, you're going to be feeling so much better. So know that anxiety is common for all of us. It really helps us in life, but at the moment it's around probably more than it usually is. So know that is normal and take the steps to look at how you are at the moment and know that that's okay. Reach out to others, connect with people you trust, tell them how you're feeling. You'll be surprised at how many people are feeling similar to you. Make sure you're looking after yourself. That harsh thought process can sometimes just be really hard on us. But if we can be kind to ourselves and look after ourselves, do the things that we really enjoy, it can help us feel better. And also get some sleep. And if those habits around sleep aren't great, just try and improve them a little bit, even if it's just a couple of times a week. Well, I hope this has been helpful. um, And just really look after yourself and look after the people around you. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. And this wraps up our very first podcast. I hope you've all enjoyed and taken something away from this. A massive thank you to both guests, Thomas Matthews and Lucy Gleeson. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and experiences on mental health and well-being in lockdown. If you haven't already done so, make sure you check out the Disability Sport Wales YouTube channel for more content on staying active in lockdown. And be sure to check out the virtual InSport series events too. We have some very exciting shows coming up, but next... If I was to describe my coach in three words, it would be uh, motivated, committed and a friend. We're going to have a multiple Paralympian in both winter and summer games, and most definitely a future Paralympian too. I've been your host, James Ledger. I'll see you on the next hashtag Just Ask podcast.